Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Formula for Success. I'm David Coulthard and alongside me, as ever, is the one and only Eddie Jordan. Yes, I'm still here and we've got a big surprise for you today, guys. Yes, we have indeed. And I'm sorry that uh, our surprise guest has just had to endure an EJ, whatever that is, but not for the first time. I'm sure we have Formula One world champion of 1996, a former teammate of mine, Damon Hill. Damon, welcome. Wow. Thanks for having me, guys. Honestly, I'm very familiar with that sound, actually. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's something which I've um, enjoyed over the years. Yeah. In various different <laughs> configurations and situations. Oh, um, uh, it, it can later, mean all sorts of things. Later, don't all right. spill the beans. Okay, right, right. Anyway, listen, it's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I really appreciate that you're here. And we, we have to declare that we're recording a double uh, podcast. We're still in the... Uh, the wings of the Bloomsbury Theatre ballroom, excuse me, the Bloomsbury ballroom. Well, we'll get that right eventually. It's actually, <laughs> folks, it's yeah. called that's, the Bloomsbury ballroom, not the Bloomsbury. <laughs> it's the, Blooms- the Bloomsbury. Yeah, we're in the. We are the Bloomsbury set. That's oh, us. Yeah, that's well, us. We're in the. We, we the made rock and rollers, you know. We, we, we have, we have, and we will, we will be out uh, at this brilliant Amber Rocks uh, charity evening later. Um, there will be some live music. Damon, you have been known to play in a band as well, actually. Which will no, come-, come on, David. Don't be shy and don't be don't be <laughs> modest. I've seen you on the tambourine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been on stage with you I did playing too. the, Mind the you, tambourine. That took a lot of time to get up to get up and do that. Well, actually, here's the thing. We we have got so much history between us all that this could go on for some time but i think uh, to to sort of give our listeners the opportunity to sort of understand the journey in the timeline we have to take it way back and damon if you could uh, give us your recollection because you were a late mm. starter to car racing it's yeah very, fair to say yeah but early doors you did come across eddie jordan and he claims he helped your career yes. at a certain point well he does that that's what he does. He he claims success Damon. wherever he goes. <laughs> What's is your, but, is your memory fading? No, but having said that, he has got an understanding of what it takes to be successful. There's something about Eddie which is unique. He has a unique, unique insight and he has an optimism. And I'm not just don't don't get upset if I start saying nice things about you, will you? Because I mean you are a force of nature and you follow your guts and and you back that up with an intellect as well, which is which is completely incomprehensible to anyone else uh, other than yourself. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying I mean, to work out how that works. <laughs> but, <laughs> Go but on. You do, but you do have a zest for life, and that's why people like you. But well, that doesn't well, answer the no, question, that's though. That's enough about you. <laughs> enough no, about, <laughs> about David. No, no, let's talk about you, Damon. We, we yeah. need to know. 
you, the point at which you came in contact with Eddie, because he was already an up-and-coming team owner in the lower formulas, when, when you decided you wanted to be a, a race car driver, you, you were in your late 20s, as far as I understand. I you? started very, very late. Um, I was a bike racer. Well, I wanted to be a bike racer, and I actually was... I just love racing bikes, so, you know, you were karting. I was karting from, from, from 11 year, years old. From 11 years old. So I was on a motorbike from 11 years old, running around my garden uh, and doing jumps and jumping with my friends. We made jumps out of bricks and, and planks. I mean, it's absolutely... So how anyone died... Didn't no die, helmet, probably. Well, my dad... I remember my dad saying to me, shouting at me, saying, helmet, you know, once when he caught me riding with that one. But uh, so, yeah, well, I had a bit... Of, we had a bit of land and I used to muck about getting muddy, falling off and all that stuff on bikes. And I love bikes. And I'd been taken to car racing my whole life and it did nothing for me because maybe because my experience was I was stuck in the garage and in those days we didn't have TV. So you didn't know what the hell was going on out there. Literally the cars went past and then, you know, minutes later they came past again. There was a lot of noise and you didn't have a clue what was going on, but that's what my dad did for a living. So uh, that's why I was there. But in the meantime, actually because of going to races, I met these two lads um, who had a, a monkey bike in the fields at Silverstone and I had to go on that. And that was just like a light bulb moment for me. And I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. But um, I eventually got to the point where that was the end of the road. I won a lot on bikes, but then somebody got to my mum and said, you know, you need to get him off the bike. He's going to hurt himself. Um, and, and John Webb, who owned Brands Hatch, I was a big player in, in that world anyway. Uh, he put the money up for me to take part in a car race and I was totally out of my depth and it was an absolute nightmare. Um, and it was on news at 10 and my mum was there and I came last and I spun off and it was like a totally inauspicious start. I was 23. So that's my first car racing experience really was when I was about 22, 23. Um, so way too late. I mean, you think Max is, you know, he got into F1 when he was 17. So, um, yeah, three times yeah, So I think it's fair to say yourself and a, a former teammate of yours, Jack Villeneuve, are, are probably the, the, the last of a, a breed that were able to come through not having done karting. I just don't think we're ever going to see the likes of that again. But racing was in your blood and the fact that you'd race bikes meant you had that competitive spirit that you, you knew it was about chasing us thousands of a second. So is that when you'd made that transition, had that what sounds like a fairly traumatic experience in your first car race, how, how did then you, you, you get the mind to go, right, I'm, I'm going to work this out somehow? Well, I had actually experienced success because I'd won every race I did at Brands Hatch on the bike. So I, when I came to cars and I tried that and I fell flat on my face, I just thought, no, I don't like this at all. I don't, well, I'm not going to leave it there. I need to, you know, put that to rest at least and go and win a car race. So the, you're right, the competitive spirit is a very important thing. Um, and you learn from humiliation if, is really what it was. Uh, I didn't like that. Eddie doesn't. Um, he loves the humiliation. He loves it. <laughs> okay, we won't go into that now. But, uh, <laughs> this is great. I'm not getting a word in. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I, I think that what well, that's what kicks in. So that that's an important ingredient, I think, in anyone is that they want to prevail and they want to learn to be better as well and I and I wanted I wanted all those things so I stuck at it and and went back to the bottom of the rung of the ladder I started too high up I bit off more than I could chew um tried to run before I could walk all those you know expressions but um, so yeah Damon um 
What was interesting, because I still to this day have no idea, what made you or your people around you uh, approach uh, Jordan, me, and ask for a Formula 3 test at Donington Park? A, who paid for it? Why me? Uh, because I had no idea it was your first real time in a single-seater. Mm. But I was doing Formula Ford, Eddie, so you knew there, was, there were guys on the way up through Formula Ford, which is obviously below Formula 3. You were the leading light, one of the leading teams in Formula 3. Um, you know, you'd had, you'd had success, so it was you, Dick Bennett's of West Surrey Racing and, and Murray Taylor and the guys who could, Alan Docking as well, and people who ran at the front, and, you, you know, you had that name. But um, I didn't really have people around me as such. I, I didn't want to go down the mainstream, so I ended up with this record company crew who were in Curtin Road at the time. So you met, you're talking about Hoxton now. It was the humming centre of the universe for, for a while, and now the property prices are through the roof. But when I was there in the early 80s, um, and they were there with their uh, record company, uh, they designed record covers and they managed bands and stuff. I had my motorbike in one of their lockups around the corner in Curtin Road, Long story short, I got to know these guys and they said, why, you could help manage me. And they designed the car. Do you remember I had that very snazzy white stripes on it and it had Rico sponsorship. But the, the Rico sponsorship came about because I was a dispatch rider and I used to go to offices around London and I'd go, well, who's this company here? I've never heard of these people. And I'd get their comp slips and I'd write a letter to them. And so I was trying to get sponsorship. So finally I landed on a company called Rico Copiers. Now, Rico, it turns out, are the largest manufacturer of photocopiers in the world and, and print machines and the cameras. And, and anyway, I didn't know what to do with them, so I gave it the management of that to these guys and they tried to develop it. And eventually I, you know, I had sponsors and so I, could, I had a bit of budget to, to pay you for my oh. drive in an F3 car. Because I Rico. knew that's what I wanted to do. I had to move on up. You told I couldn't me you stay... paid for it yourself. Huh? Well, it was my money, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think, I don't think I've ahead. directly ever paid EJ for anything. I bought you a drink, of course. But no, uh, well, you do plenty of that. But um, £2,000. Is that how much the test was? Yeah, was 25 it? laps. Uh, and were you quick? At Donington? Plus oh, I don't know, was I? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Did you get a set of new tyres for that? I, I, probably see, not. This is probably no, not. Let's, let's whole, not go back that that's far. Where All I, was I remember naive. was there must be something to this guy who was testing car. I, I wasn't even sure his dad had been twice world champion, but I was beginning to cop on that there's something going on here, particularly when you Alan Henry, the, the head of Formula One. You didn't know the history of the sport or you just didn't know who the driver was in your I car at the time? Listen, I just knew he was paying me money and okay. it was coming in folding, <laughs> so that was even Fair, enough, fair enough. So the, the, the thing is... When it was Alan, on news I, at 10, Eddie. How could you... Uh, it was... It that's was, what made global me interested news. in you. <laughs> that I was a racing driver and you're telling me you didn't know it was me. <laughs> well, anyway. I kind of knew, but I know the things better on my mind. You um, had, but Alan no, Henry turned up. Yeah. He was a Formula One expert for autosport. And I said, for him to travel all the way up to Donington to see this guy test, what's going on here? Something I better be more interested because there could be a budget here. <laughs> but you turned out to be not so great. So I kind of dismissed you. Well, that, that, uh, that cost you dearly later in, in well, this not journey. really. I had him on several. I had him in Formula 3000. I had him in Formula 1. And uh, Damon has been a very loyal and competent servant to the Jordan team. And Servants. there's a lot of history you know? revolving about him. Yeah, we all, we all serve those who only stand and take, etc. I don't think <laughs> that. There's some person. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The thing is, Eddie, 
it's interesting. I've never heard that before. That you didn't really know. You just thought a bloke's paid. Uh, you know, I'm selling tests in Formula Three cars, and this guy's come out and he's paid me the money. And okay, so he didn't set the world on fire. It wasn't like I was. It wasn't like Ayrton Senna's first F3 test when he kind of turned up and rocked up, and everyone went, "My God, who's this guy?" Um, so that I had some work to do. I understand that. Yeah, yeah but David. David. He's David. Damon. Damon. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't, don't confuse me. Um, the, the fact is that you, do that you say you were a late <laughs> starter, but you were very methodical and you always kind of put the bar up each time because you, you fooled a lot of people, didn't you? I mean, you came across, not many people at that stage would have said that the potential was to be a world champion. No, uh, no one would uh, It's it. not fair. And, and whereas Ayrton was young, he'd been, you know, fighting to be a world champion in karting yeah. and didn't quite get there. So, Instantly, he was boom, fantastic. Mm. He was on the money, but that's what's that's no. why I find it so exciting to be able to have you here because it's a different story. Well, it's, we've been we've been through our life journey, and to, you know, to a large degree, haven't we, Eddie? You know, and uh, you know, and Dave's been part of that as well. And then we've we've had the arc, if you like. We've had a chance to look back and go, well, how the hell did that all happen? And, and the only thing you can say is, you could say a lot of it is down to luck, and there is definitely chance involved. But if you hadn't kept trying to get to where you're trying to get to, you definitely wouldn't have got there. My inspiration, my my educator or my 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 mentor was my dad. You know, his legacy was, his his message was, you just got to keep trying, not not give up. He was a dogged person and he, you know, it was... It and you was, surrounded yeah. yourself with tough and great women. Uh, your sister, <laughs> Bridget, was your manager then after that. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Georgie. Well, yeah. And uh, your wife. Hmm. But your mum, Betty. I remember playing golf with you, Betty, and I think James Hunt at the BRDC uh, thing in Stoke Poges. Right. Your mother was keen on golf. You were keen on golf. And hmm. we used to play a bit together. And... Um, Talk me through the relationship because it seemed to be very strong family bond. Well, I mean, there, there was, I mean, when my dad died, that was the only guy in the house. You know, I was only, there was uh, three women, my two sisters and my mum. And so I did grow up. And I suppose in some ways you could say, you mentioned the doghouse, which is the women's motor racing thing. We, sure. were, we were dropped off at Silverstone in the kindergarten, if you want to call it that. And so all the uh, women involved in motorsport used to look after us when I was, a, when I was young. And, uh, Including some of the very attractive young uh, <laughs> girlfriends of Continue. the, the 1970s right. racing girls. This is not that kind anyway, of program. But anyway, so I was very <laughs> impressionable at that age. Um, but um, but so yeah, I, I have trust in women more than I do in guys, and I think I'm not alone in that. There's a lot of guys like that. Um, you know, w women have a different take on things, and they have different things they can offer to you know to you in terms of in terms of advice or whatever it is. So, yeah, but they're, they're both, they're, my wife and my mum were very strong women, definitely. Absolutely. You know, um, so my mum was slightly over the top perhaps at times. So I remember poor old Glenn Waters at Silverstone getting a barrage of uh, abuse from my mum because uh, she thought I didn't have the best engine or whatever it was or, you know. So, you know, she got stuck in. Um, and to some degree that's kind of a, that's a help, but it's not a help, you know, because you don't want, you know, too much interference when you're trying to Because I think career. parents, we all know as a team boss, the thing that you feared most was an interfering parent. It is absolutely impossible because they can only see what their son or daughter, whatever is happening, uh, and, and they can only see the best in them, which is fantastic. But it can become a real 
ball ache uh, because it's not, in many respects, it's not really helpful. But your mum was different. Everybody knew she was tough. Well, she had, she, she was married to, had been married, she was the widow of um, my dad, who was a huge name in the sport. So she carried some clout. And I suppose that, you know, that was intimidating perhaps a little bit. But anyway, the point is you made, which was, I, I was surrounded by um, strong women. I, and I'm definitely, Georgie's been a huge part um, massive part of my of my life and meeting her before I got and having children before I really got into F1. So Georgie's seen my progress, my story. You know, she used to cook me dinners when I was the dispatch rider. You know, I'd come back soaking wet uh, after a day out riding around London. So she's, she knows my story. She knows what I've been through. And also she has a take on other people, which is, I think, um, she's very sound. In fact, when I when I meet people I haven't met before, they're normally more impressed by by Georgie than they are by me. Well, uh, can so, I add my yeah, name yeah, to that? You can. There, a, you are, there yeah, you are. She, exactly. for me, yeah. is what we would call in Ireland the matriarch, and um, she is the matriarch. She, she is the making of you, and I think you do know that. And because she's very solid, very savvy, as you yeah. might rightly said, but she's also tough, yeah. and she's not going to let you make stupid decisions because no, I think on your own you probably could have had. <laughs> yeah, like coming to drive for me. I, 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 I just think of all the fun I could have had. No, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean it, Georgie. But anyway, no, Georgie, I, I'll get him but back. I, I've, I've met her. I mean, apologies to Georgie for talking about your life, but you, you know, we Eddie brought you up. So, um, so her because I love her. Her, but well, you do, and and we love you, Eddie, and and you know, you love family. You got family. We've got. We love our kids. We love our families, and these are the things that are the strongest bond of all you know and f1 is a craziness that enters our lives and we do all the crazy things and you know it can it can drag you off in all sorts of different directions you perhaps shouldn't go in you know fury i mean i can remember my first daughter <laughs> this is where we lived in ireland okay so i do have two irish offspring eddie you'll be pleased to hear they're born oh, in I dublin know, but i went to visit you, you did, yeah okay so i'm i'm am i half irish not quite Anyway, that's a, a good passport. You're not that it's lucky. a good passport. They've got Irish passports, so because they were born in Dublin. So anyway, my my daughter Tabitha, she was being born at the British Grand Prix. She was going to be born about that time, and she wasn't. And of course, this is the year when I crashed into Michael Schumacher rather badly um, in just the middle of the bridge. Yeah, yeah, just Adelaide. after the bridge, and it was an absolute catastrophe. In the press were anyway. I flew back to Ireland um, to see my wife who's giving birth and I'm on the phone and I'm shouting and screaming. She's, she's looking at me like, will you shut up? You know, basically I'm, I've got a much more important thing going on here. And so those, those are the things that keep you sane, you know, honestly. Um, you know, your family and, um, you know, the other things in, in life other than Formula One. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So the successful part of your life comes later. So I'm going to dwell for now. So David, if you don't mind, I'm going to 
continue Go on. It, oh, it's all about you in the second part. Um, because you mentioned Ireland there. And um, I remember, actually, you guys, we have, you've mentioned Villeneuve, you mentioned uh, Damon there, but I've got to add a third person who didn't come into Formula One through karting, which is Eddie Irvine. And um, so you live almost <laughs> next door to Eddie. So there was Eddie Irvine, there was Van Morrison. There was a couple of... You didn't race in Formula One. No, but we're talking about the road you lived with. And you, you had this posh address in Ireland. I did. And you lived on no, the hang on a minute. Eddie Irvine didn't live where I lived. He lived at the bottom. He you lived- were at the top part. <laughs> I, I caught him once looking over my wall. Oh, really? He was out showing off to his friends with a, on a country walk or something like that. And he'd obviously said, this is where Damon is. Anyway. Damon had this party. It was a fairly much just after he'd won that Grand Prix for us. And... Um, it's a great story because uh, the guys and the girls were mixing but didn't seem to be heading in the right direction. So the girls all stayed up together chatting up and we went to his music room downstairs. Um, however, there was a, a young girlfriend of the guy next door and um, Dave Pennyfeather... Next played, door to me. Next yeah. door to you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was sorry. in a band. But don't, don't oh, say. I'm not going to ruin the story. I'm coming to that. Okay, okay. So um, the next thing is he's playing the guitar, strumming along and I remember Dad's my brother-in-law, saying to the guy... Um, uh, it, it, it's G. It's in G. Uh, and he kept saying, no, 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 it's G. In other words, expecting that the guy had no idea what was going on. Anyway, the story should end here like this because after we'd all stopped dicking about with these instruments, the guy started to took up the guitar and the girl, i never forget, she was the most insane drummer. Yeah, do you remember? I she do. was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Anyway, Incredible. if everyone remembers Simple Minds, that was the great Charlie Bertram. He was just amazing and he broke into this intro of this song and we all said, my God, who's this guy here? And that's when Damon told neighbor. us who he was. He was his next door neighbour. That was a good Well, there was actually one person. He was one person, one house down. But anyway. But Why yeah, are the, you the ruining Bertram, my story? No, no, I'm not ruining it. They were neighbours. Yeah, you're okay. right. Yeah, no neighbours. They were neighbours, yeah. Well, it, it it's a neighbourhood. Is this a moment then before we, we un, you know, undoubtedly come back to motor racing, but is this a moment when you're talking about music where we, we talk a little bit fast forward mm. uh, to after your Grand Prix career and, and you're in a band. What, what is it yeah. with you guys and music? I don't know. I think we, we obviously, we hanker after some other career or some way of expressing ourselves. And I think I thought, well, I'm going to make a go of it in music and see where it goes. But I was, you know, I'm not a musician. When you meet musicians, you, you understand the difference, you know? And Eddie plays in a band, but he loves his music. And that's great. And you can take part and you can go on stage and stuff. But the musicians, they're on a totally different level, you know, to... Stuff that's keep great. talking, yeah. yeah. But you know, you know, Eddie's showing us a picture of himself with his so that's a picture, uh, guys. Oh, that's and it's a Damon, yeah. And it's David and I after the Grand Prix, which is one of the happiest memories I ever have. All the British yeah. Grand Prix up on the stand doing our thing long before we were still on the grass. It was long before the new wing. When you say on the, we were on the grass, you mean <laughs> the, gra- the paddock we had were, not been I think paved. there was a lot of people yes, on all sorts yeah. of grass. But anyway, yeah. uh, yes. we uh, grass athletes. hasn't fertilised grass, ladies and gentlemen. And um, picture, I, we put it up on, on the side because I think it's a, a really nice shot uh, of the three of us. It was uh, anyway, you're, you're and that was because of you, because you're, you're um, um, Cousin, uncle, fr- brother. Well, no, uh, Des. Des, Des. Des is a Des brother-in-law. Des is a what is a cousin? No, uh, he's he married friend. Marie's sister. Okay, okay so What's yeah, so brother-in-law. 
Son and brother-in-law. Yeah, it's your brother-in-law. So he came along with his truck and flatbed truck and, and you'd organise the party because you always do. And um, you had it all primed and ready to go. it was go. brilliant, wasn't it? It we was had, brilliant, absolutely. No, the guests every, were... Yeah. Berg, I remember, and everyone said, oh, Christopher don't know. And yet he went up and did a rock set and it was brilliant. Mm. So, anyway. Well, good memories. So, okay, that covers off your, uh, your little musical journey and I think uh, succinctly sum up the difference between people who can play and musicians. So let's bring it back to your professional journey, which we've established started in a very unusual way. It started uh, in many ways, Damon, you, you, you bridge a period of motor racing from a period where you were there kind of reluctantly because that's what, that's what the family did, that's what your father did. And then you found your own passion for bikes. And then you, you discover that you've got talent in cars. I find it remarkable that your arrival in Formula One came so late. You know, you, you arrived in Formula One at a period where I was actually considering stopping yeah. racing in Formula One. <laughs> so how yeah. did you have that resilience? How did you have that belief? And, and who was the catalyst to get you in to that first opportunity? I think it was with Brabham at the time. Yeah, so um, just to fill in the age position, I was 29 when I had no drive, no money, a mortgage, just been married, just had a child with Down syndrome and no future. And so at that point, it was like, oh, my God, you know, is this the end of the road? You know, is this where it's going to end? And I, and I just thought, no, I, I've, still, I've still got a chance. You know, we were talking about it earlier. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I wasn't skilled in anything else. I don't have any management training. I didn't have a clue. I knew people who worked every day and I just, oh, God, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never getting a job. <laughs> and so um, so I just thought, no, this, there's still a slim chance I could make a career as a racing driver. So um, I got opportunities and I did Le Mans in, in 1989. I did Le Mans. I did touring cars. I did Formula 3000, UK Formula 3000. And then I got... Um, me. Middlebridge. Yeah. And then, no, not yet, Eddie. So then I did footwork. Do you remember? I, of course. And then I did I? Middlebridge in 1990. So I was 30. And then suddenly but the Middlebridge thing was unbelievable because I, I got paid for that. And I showed what I could do. And, and Williams had an opportunity for a test driver. And I got that test driving opportunity. Now, in those days, if you were a test driver, you were finished as a racing driver. You, 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 you know, it just meant you were a failed racing driver. Oh, he'll, well, he'll go and do laps and nobody's going to notice him. You mean just like DC was? Well, well they created the, no, the, the I, platform. Well, actually, we've got to give a mention. It was Mark Blundell, actually, who got first yeah. had the kind of full professional test driver job. And he was at Williams and he told me he was going to McLaren. And so, you know, gave me the heads up. And I said, great, I'll, you know, so I got the job as a test driver. But um, it followed on because of Twist of Fate and Frank signing up, Alan Prost and Nigel Mansell going off to, and suddenly this door, wide door opened in the middle of nowhere. I'm, I haven't left you out, Eddie, but, you know, oh, obviously no. you're <laughs> my 91 season. You've been out all your life. No, Barkley, EJR. No, um, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. EJR, I want, please come back before that oh. because oh. I thought it was a magic season. We had Johnny Herbert and then we had Martin and in Formula 3000, Martin Donnelly. You were a teammate oh, yeah. of Martin Donnelly at Selner. So, yeah. But I thought that was Rico at the beginning. Was that not? Did no, they partly not they, did a, they did a combination deal with yes. Selner. So it was combined Selner and Rico. Ah. So I was basically able to leverage my position in the team, I suppose you could say that. You know, they, the, 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 I managed to get some 
some drives in Formula British Formula Three, and I raced with Martin, and I raced with Johnny, and I raced with um, a whole host of um, eighty six, eighty seven. What year was that? It was eighty six, seven, eight as yeah. well. So I we were around maybe. at that stage. Yeah. So you, uh, were Johnny, around. won the championship. Yeah. And Johnny, so but Johnny hop skipped and jumped into F three thousand, and then had his accident, and then Martin. Um, Donnelly hopped, skipped, and jumped. And these are guys I'd raced against. I was a teammate with Martin Donnelly. And so I suddenly saw these guys getting up and getting ahead. And I just thought, oh no, you know, I'm getting left behind. But I mean, look what happened to both of them. You know, they were crunched up in cars. It was absolutely horrific. And so, you know, Georgie says, you know, she learned from that never ever to envy anyone else, you know, of any of their position or their success, you know, because you just don't know. And so um, these are guys are. I revered really because they were such brilliant talents and I've had the, you know, I've enjoyed working with Johnny and Sky for so long, you know, um, because he was so talented and as was Martin, you know, Martin was extraordinary. I always say, people say, who was your toughest team? And I say, Martin Donnelly, you know, he was tough to beat, but I managed, I did manage to beat him, but I always thought you've done a good job when you've beaten Martin Donnelly. I'm you glad know. you've said that because yeah. I'd have been horrified had you said David Coulthard. Sorry for laughing. You really wanted present disappoint. company accepted. <laughs> for me, if I was to recall the happiest, the most pleasant, uh, unbelievable days of my particular life in motor racing, was um, obviously it helps when you're winning. But you know, '86, '87 with Johnny winning the championship, and then Martin Donnelly in '88 winning the championship with with Jean Alessi. Those years before Formula One, I don't know what was driving me on. It was Formula One, Formula because that's what everyone had in their head, but they were the most enjoyable times. Is that significant? Is that similar to you? Martin Brundle. Hmm? You mustn't forget Martin Brown. No, but Martin was 83. That's yeah, a long he, time. You know, ago. he went up against Ayrton Senna, for goodness yeah, sake. But you that, know, was you the, were, that was a classic year. That was a classic year. Anyway, so you're, you know, that, you love racing. That's the thing is you love the sport, but you also love the business. And you know that the business, yeah, that's needs to be taken care of. You're not a soft heart, Eddie, you know. Really? Um, you don't just put oh, people I'm in because cry. you love them. You know, you'd, you'd put them in because they're talented, but then you'd have them sign a contract to say, I, can, I own your ass for the next whatever, how many years. He, you know? Don't worry, listeners. DC has told you that particular story I didn't every sign other that contract. Week. I got offered no, that you contract must sign as well. Can I just say, well, you know, it worked for, it worked for Michael Schumacher. But. Yeah, yeah but for, for that one reason. <laughs> I got only. really well paid. That was the best deal I ever did. Half, <laughs> half a lap of Jesus. I came out of that smelling of roses. Well, that's, anyway. your, that's your business, you know. So you, you, you loved that side of things and it was clear that you loved that side of things. But you had a bigger picture and, and got to Formula One and had an own, your own Formula One team, you know. Very difficult to do now, um, you know. You could, I, mean, I can't see my, how that could uh, ever Mar- be achieved now. Michael Andretti's going to have a go, but good luck. I mean, yeah. you know, really starting from scratch, I think it's hard. Complicated process. If if he was, I think he needs a wise mind like yourself advising him, Damon. So there may well, well be an opportunity. I, I, I want insurance if I'm going to be advising anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the end of part one of what's going to be a two-part podcast with Damon Hill. Damon laughing nervously in the background. I'm going to start charging Can't for this. Can't get away that easy from uh, us. Well, ah. EJ's got all the money, so approach him, not for the first time in your life, to be paid. And I hope you were paid handsomely He's for that victory been paid. in Spa. That's another part of the story. Well, that's great. And it's been absolutely fantastic to have Damon on, on the podcast this uh, episode, and we look forward to having you in the future. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
Formula for Success is brought to you in association with F1 Manager 2023, giving you unparalleled control of the chosen F1 team and a brand new mode that allows you to rewrite the season in your terms. <laughs>